Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sons of Sequoia podcast. SOS 2. Uh, today, I think we'll call this episode Vaccine Day. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but one of the things we want to talk about is uh, you got your vaccine this morning. Isn't that true? Yes, I did. How was it? How was, how was the experience? It was very pleasant. It was fine. They were very organized. Uh, it didn't really hurt at all. And uh, I feel fine now. And uh, it was great. That's I'm, awesome. I feel, I feel good. Now, uh, one reason that we want to talk about this is a lot of people are scared of vaccines. Don't you, don't you, I find that strange, but, but why aren't you scared of vaccines? Why aren't I scared of vaccines? Well, uh, I think uh, the COVID, I've been listening to the COVID disease uh, and all the different uh, short-term and long-term uh, implications of, uh, and complications. I go, whoa, it's a very, it's an unknown. And all the unknown is, is much worse than just getting a shot and getting a vaccination. And uh, I'll take my chances with a vaccination because the scientists have uh, have tested it, have demonstrated that it's 90% or what, 95% uh, uh, accurate or valid. So I, I feel my chances with the vaccine is much, much better than uh, rolling the dice with uh, COVID. Yeah. Make sense? Definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're people of science. We're not people of internet superstition. So we wouldn't really be vaccine deniers, you know? Yeah. And <clears throat> you hear stories and you see stories about people who denied it. Well, if you deny it, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. You say, ah, it's just a hoax. And uh, well, unfortunately, people are dying. Uh, and as it, as it has been said, uh, people have died more from this pandemic in this country than in World War II. And so that's a fact. Mm -hmm. uh, you can deny it, but denying it doesn't mean it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. So I mean, you can deny the harmfulness of COVID, but you could also invent harmfulness of vaccines that aren't really there. You know, there's a lot of people out there that say, I'm not going to vaccinate my kids because I heard on the internet that it gives you autism. And there's no scientific link between those two things. So basically their kids are running around and they're a giant Petri dish and immunocompromised children that can't get smallpox or MMR vaccines they're susceptible to being infected by these kids because they were never vaccinated. And it doesn't seem like it should be that way, but that's the way it is. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a trust. It's a trust in science and, or trust in the internet. Uh, anybody can get on the internet, but the science has, has studies behind it, has uh, the uh, years and years of testing behind it. And I, I don't know, it just seems much more reasonable and logical uh, to test science. Now, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they're always right, but they're 95% right. I think the uh, the Internet, uh, there's so much on the Internet now, the Internet is probably 95% wrong. <laughs> yeah. So if you're just playing the odds, you're better off trusting the scientists than some random person on Facebook. Is that what you're trying to say? As, as a statistician, you have better odds trusting <laughs> mainstream scientists than some random person on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. 
<laughs> Again, when I say it's logical, you know, it's statistically significant to say, hey, look, you're going to go with you're going to go with the odds of uh, 95% efficient or 95% wrong. Mm hmm. And I mean, you were a little nervous this morning, and I think that another statistical thing I pointed out to you is, you know, they say anaphylaxis occurs in three out of every thousand people that get the shot. So like the, the, the negative immediate consequence is that you go into anaphylactic shock, you have a bad allergic reaction. And the thing is, even if that happened to you today, you only have a three in 1,000 chance, and if it did happen, they have EpiPens at the ready to make sure that nothing bad happens to you. Yeah, whereas, they were right. They were right there. Whereas, if you get coronavirus, you have all of a sudden a, a fifteen or twenty chance in a thousand of dying in your demographic. So, yeah, there's a three in one thousand chance that something bad might happen that they can easily cure. But what you're doing is you're preventing a, a fifteen or twenty chance in one thousand that you'll die. <laughs> so it seems like the trade-off is pretty obvious. Yeah, if you have a problem, they got an EpiPen. If you have COVID, you know, there's not much they can do. No. They don't. They can do stuff, but they're not really sure. But they do know what the EpiPen will do if you have an anaphylactic shot. Mm -hmm. And so why go with something unknown than going with something the known? Yeah. You know, and uh, anyway, I feel I, I was nervous only because of the unknown. I didn't know how easy it was going to be, where I was going to go. Uh, but hey, hey. There's no way I was not going to go because I wanted it. That's true. I mean, I would have taken it too if if they would have let me. Yeah. But uh, I I understand I understand their rules. You know, the yep. people over sixty five, people that are frontline healthcare workers. That makes sense. I mean, it makes complete sense. So I can't argue against it. And I know that people are trying to jump the line uh, by hook or by crook. But, I mean, I could patiently wait my turn because I think the people that need it most are getting it first. Well, I had to show my ID. And I kind of like that because that just tells me I don't look that old. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's why. I'm sure that's why you had to show your ID. That's, that's, that's in my mind, that's why I did it. Yeah. That's what I believe. I close my eyes and that's what I believe. I don't look that old. Mm -hmm. I look like I'm 39. Uh, but yeah, these, this vaccine hesitancy, that's what people call it. And I think that's a gentle way of saying you don't believe in science and you're a danger to society. You know, oh, you're hesitant about your vaccine? Oh, you have vaccine hesitancy. And it's like, uh, I think uh, there is, and a lot of it is the fault of the internet, this penchant to doubt everything, you know, uh, whether it's election results or the efficacy of vaccines or, uh, and, and I think that when you get a group of people that are telling you that you're right, it makes it easier to believe something wrong. And I think that can get us into our discussion of, you know, there was an inauguration this week, but at the 11th hour, of course, there were a hundred pardons handed down. And none of those pardons were to the people that stormed the Capitol on the president's order. And I think that they believed in this conspiracy theory that, you know, President Trump was the savior. And yet, 
when push came to shove, he was never really on their side. <laughs> That's true. He said he he says we're going to go there together, and he didn't go. He said I'll be there with you, and he wasn't there. Yeah, I'll be there with you, and he wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, and I think that these people they felt like they were owed a pardon because the reason that they did what they did was because of him, was for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's it's dangerous reading into someone's intent to say, well, he's asking me to do this, so I should do it because we're all on the same team here. I think there was a quote, uh, some guy at the American Enterprise Institute that said, you know, you don't lead people or speak for them by lying to them. When you lie to people, you're using them, not being useful to them. And I thought that was a pretty good, a pretty good quote. Uh, and I think and that a, a lot of these people were lied to. And a true leader tells the truth. And I, that's what I heard this week. They say, look, uh, this is this is not the pandemic. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to be here for a while, but we're going to do everything we can to solve it. A true leader tells the truth. And that's leading them. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I like that quote. I like that quote, David. Because if you're lying to them, you're really using them. Yeah. If you're feeding them conspiracy theories, you're, 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 you're lying to them and you're using them. You're using them for your benefit. Mm -hmm. You're not leading them. Or if you're saying, you know, the conspiracy, conspiracy theory you believe in presents a danger to yourself because you're in jail now and to... Uh, the responsible governance of this country because the Capitol was stormed and five people died and legislators and the vice president felt like they were in danger of harm. And that was because you didn't tell them the hard truth that this thing that you believe in, it's nonsense. You need to go home. You know, it's over. We lost. And that's a hard truth, I think, to internalize, but also to externalize, to say, uh... We had a good fight, but it's over. And then you wouldn't have had the Capitol being stormed. And I think the interesting thing is, uh, you know, after the Capitol got stormed, the, the powers that be that would have sort of continued to support Trump's businesses, they all sort of packed up ship and walked away. He lost that golf tournament, the PGA golf tournament. I think a lot of people will see you know, if you're going to host a corporate event and it's between Marriott, Hilton, and Trump, you might not choose Trump because you might alienate some people that say, I don't want to pay the block rate to stay at a Trump hotel. So I think that it might be a boon once COVID's over for Marriott and Hilton, but Trump might have screwed himself because of this. And I think that he thought he was helping himself and he didn't want to speak ill of people that were on his side even though those people were violent and angry and they weren't going to achieve the goal that he was hoping for. Yeah, I agree. The, um, they, they stormed the, they stormed the Capitol because they were enraged. Uh, they were ranked on these conspiracy theories, but also they were told to. And I think the people in jail now, they're saying, Hey, I went there cause because I was told to. I went there for him. Mm -hmm. And then it was now he left office and he didn't pardon him. Because uh, they, were, I also, they were never on the same team. 
That's right. They were they weren't on the same team because, well, this is my opinion, because everything he said was lies because he was using them. He wasn't on their side. Uh, and actually, I don't. Uh, they say that they're Trump. Uh, they're not necessarily. I, I don't see them as being on Trump's side. I see them. They're being on the persona of a Trump, to where they wanna they wanna follow uh, some banner. Uh, and if it's controversial, well, the better yet, because the more attention they're going to get, you know, and uh, if he goes away, we'll see how many people still follow him after he is no longer president. He no longer tweets. He's no longer a persona, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it, it's one thing to follow a a, a, uh, a person or follow a uh, a banner or following a. Uh, a political party. That's another thing, uh, following something you believe in. You truly believe in it because you believe in it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, too, with these conspiracy theories and with a lot of the, the MAGA platform, uh, you can't really sit down and parse it logically and try to argue with someone. It's just, it's difficult because their arguments, the, the words that they say, the the things that come out of their mouth, they're an avatar for their rage. They're not an explanation of their beliefs. They're, it's, it's an expression of anger, not an expression of logic. Does that make, does that make sense? Yes, because if someone believes in something, you're not going to convince them otherwise. Logic and belief are two different things. Logic can influence belief, but it doesn't really define belief. You can believe in something. Uh, and there's no logical reason for believing in it, mm -hmm. and that so those are two, really two different things. One is the one is with a head, the other is with a heart. Uh, but a lot of the belief in the conspiracy theories, I think, is is uh, internal. Uh, the the value is going to be internal, where they're going to get recognition. Like uh, uh, it could have been anyone. It could have been Trump. It could have been any person up there. And there may be another person up there like him because they think uh, Trump opened the door uh, to more things that he did. Uh, what if Trump didn't make the mistakes he made? You know, he was powerful mm -hmm. and he had a lot of power. What if he didn't storm the Capitol? You know, what if he did think, well, he opened the door for other people to be up there, too. And it could be other people. And they're just going to believe in him because they're going to see that, hey, uh, I'm getting recognition for something that I believe in. And so that division is what fueled his fire. Yeah. Clear. It's in, yeah, it's it's fascinating just uh, people that hung on for so long. And despite evidence to the contrary, like like we said with, with vaccines, it's like despite what you were being told and what you saw, you refuse to believe it because someone on Facebook told you something different. You know, some random person. And it's, uh, it's I, what I, well, my point was, two plus two equals five because I'm angry. And then someone could say to you, no, you have two, and then you have two, and you count them, one, two, three, four. And they say, that's fake news. I'm angry. And I'm still angry even though you parsed my logic. Uh, so just because my logic has been parsed doesn't mean I'm not angry. Therefore, I'm still right because I'm angry. Because I don't really want you to prove me wrong. 
I want you to make me less angry. Or <laughs> I want you to make me angrier because <laughs> I feel alive. Yeah. You know, some people like uh, I we talked this before. Some people like to be scared at movies. Mm -hmm. Some people like to be angry at movies. Somebody, some people just like to laugh at movies. Uh, well, notice all those are emotions. And a lot of belief is on emotion. Uh, and so, you know, I, I want to be angry. <laughs> and so uh, the uh, the fake news is this fake news. No. Well, you could call the truth fake news and you're going to get a rise out of people. And that's just fueling the fire fire. Mm -hmm. The best thing to do is just ignore them. Yeah. And just it's just it's don't address. Don't play the game. Uh, move. Stick with your logic. And the people who will follow the logic will follow you. Yeah, or recognize if you're in an argument with someone that wants to be angry and they want to make you angry because they don't want to, it's not a debate. They're not trying to outpoint you like a Lincoln Douglas debate on some principle. They're trying to make you angry. And if you're stirred to anger by their words, they've beaten you. <laughs> <laughs> that's because that, that's the rules of the game. It's not who's right or who's wrong. It's who can leave the most or who can elicit the biggest emotional response from their opponent. And that's true. <laughs> and so if you can recognize that that's someone's aim, it's not let's debate this issue. Um, you know, offshore fishing. And you have uh, someone from Greenpeace and someone who's a fifth-generation fisherman from Maine. Well, they're going to have different ideas about the appropriate policy for offshore fishing. Uh, where you stand depends on where you sit, and I'm sure that they both have extremely valid points for why more offshore fishing should be permitted or why less offshore fishing should be permitted. But as a neutral observer, we're not fishermen from Maine, or we're not Greenpeace activists. We'll probably end up siding with the person that ends up keeping their cool more than the person that has the best arguments. If someone gets enraged, we'll say that person lost their cool. I, don't, I, I trust the other guy. So I think there's a lot to your emotional posture in an argument. Well, where you, like you said, I like that. Where you stand is where you sit. You know, although, where do you sit? And I think sometimes people say that they stand for something when when they stand for something, you go, wait a minute. Uh, I heard I heard this week where the uh, evangelical right said, you know, we support Trump. We support Trump. You know, and we need to forgive him. I said, wait a minute. He never really he never really repented for anything. He never <laughs> ever said anything he said was bad. I mean, there is no forgiveness without repentance. Mm -hmm. You don't forgive something if they don't repent. In other words, are you violating your, your own dogma? You know? But then where do they sit? Well, then they went on and said, his policies really support uh, our agendas. Oh, it's about policy. It's not about religion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think when you hear a lot of this stuff, you go, wait a minute. You can call yourself an evangelical. But then again, do you really follow the, the precepts upon which uh, the evangelical uh, dogma was based and liturgy was based? And they really don't. Yeah. Would, they I they mean, really don't. I mean, there's the guy, the crazy eyes guy. What's his name? Uh, let me look it up. 
Do you know the pastor I'm talking about with the creepy eyes? He's a televangelist. Um, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm looking televangelist creepy laugh. <laughs> Kenneth Copeland. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw him on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kenneth Copeland. All I had to do was Google televangelist creepy laugh and I found him. <laughs> um, there's a... Uh, thing, uh, you know, he has a private jet and someone cornered him in an interview and asked him, why do you have a private jet? And he said, you know, because God doesn't want me to travel with all these Satanists. Uh, and when I think about it, it's like, um, I'm pretty sure that's what Jesus would have said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, he's walking through and uh, he sees the poor and the tired and the weak, and the sinners of Jerusalem, or Nazareth, or Galilee, and he says, I need a private chariot, because I don't want to be among all these Satanists. I, you know, I'm pretty sure that's what Jesus would have said. I need uh, someone to <laughs> privately transport me, because these people here, they're all Satanists. Um, I think there's this thing where you can't be saved unless you give me money, and I'm pretty sure that's not what Jesus would have said, you know, amongst these <laughs> televangelists. Yeah, the uh, it's been that way for centuries. Mm -hmm. But it's still they they can stand behind they can stand behind this banner, they can use it for ill will, you know, and uh, they don't really they really don't worship. Um, don't necessarily worship God. They worship the institution. They'll worship the dogma. Uh, they'll worship the liturgy. Uh, they don't really worship God. Because, um, like I, I was talking to someone, they says, oh yeah, the Bible is infallible. I said, well, Jesus is infallible. God is infallible. No, the Bible is. I says, wait a minute, the Bible can be used for evil. He says, no, it can't. Well, that's what Satan did when he tempted uh, Jesus in, in the wilderness. He uses scripture to tempt him. And Jesus wouldn't do it. And it was in it's in the scripture. Anyway, the point is that um, where you stand is where you sit. <laughs> and you can stand for things uh, that aren't, are not necessarily what they sound like, because you really don't sit where you where where it looks like you're supposed to sit. Mm hmm. You say, I'm an evangelist. They, they, that's not where they sit. So, I mean, I think that one moral of that story is in order to figure out what you should stand for, you need to figure out exactly where you sit. <laughs> that's right. That's um, right. Who are you? And it's, right. e it's easy for, um, let's say you're an executive at Blue Cross Blue Shield or Humana or Aetna. It's easy for you to say, Medicare for all is a terrible idea. Because if you're a senior vice president at Blue Cross Blue Shield, you're making a quarter million dollars a year in salary. And Bernie Sanders comes in and says, you know what's not necessary? Your job or your company. You know, we can just have the government <laughs> run it all. And, and if you sit in that seat as an executive vice president at Blue Cross Blue Shield, you say, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> that, that policy is bad. But if you are um, a single mother who works, 
you know, at Walmart, a place where they notoriously don't give people benefits, and you have three kids and they require health care, uh, Medicare for all might look like a pretty good deal to you if that's where you sit. So I think that, I mean, of course, that's an extreme example of there's, there's gray areas in the middle. But uh, I think it's important to understand, will this benefit me? And then I think there's also sacrifices you can make to say, well, I might come out a net loser in this deal, but is it a sacrifice I'm willing to make for the greater good? For instance, no one ever says, I don't want to pay my federal income tax because I don't believe that we should be secure. I think we should defund the military and repatriate all that money uh, to me at the end of the year, you know? Because I'm sure that out of your federal tax, a fair portion of that goes to pay for the military. But people sort of understand that's a tax I'm willing to pay for the greater good, for the security of my nation. Uh, but when it comes to adding stuff to that list, the things that government should provide, that's where the devil's in the details. What do you add? How do you add it? How efficiently can you spend the money? Uh, there was a report that came out. The Secret Service at Jared and Ivanka's house, they have a townhouse with six bathrooms, but they weren't allowed to uh, use any of the bathrooms, so they had to rent a studio apartment across the street, and it's cost the taxpayers $144,000 since 2017 just so some Secret Service guys could take a dump. <laughs> And is that efficient use of money? I mean, I, I know it's a, a small potatoes when you're talking about federal spending, but it's easy to get outraged when you hear about spending $144,000 just because the first, whatever the hell they are, first daughter and first son-in-law didn't, <laughs> didn't want the people that are putting their lives on the line to protect them to use their bathrooms. That seems frivolous. But I guess you could sort of have gotcha moments with any administration. I suppose so, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just one mildly irritating thing. And the thing about repentance without forgiveness, it's like they're not going to get punished for that. But I don't think, let's say impeachment goes through, but they don't convict... Uh, I mean, are they going to get Secret Service protection for the rest of their lives? Is that how it works? If you're the president's daughter? Uh, yeah, good question. Good so, question. So until they move out of that townhouse or whatever, is the Secret Service going to have to pay rent on a separate apartment until Jared and Ivanka are gone? Just so that they can have a place to take a dump? And it's like, that seems like government waste to me. I don't know, like literally, literally and figuratively, it's government waste. Yeah, well, if they if they convict him, if the Senate convicts him, uh, you look at the past and say, well, you could argue that he deserves it. On the other hand, you look at the future and say, what kind of precedence does it set? So there again, you can see both sides. Like, should this go without being addressed? Or do you set a precedent where it's going to be addressed almost every single time someone leaves office? 
So there, there's two arguments and there's two arguments to everything. And one, uh, you have to weigh the value uh, to uh, look at the weigh the value and the value in the recipient, the value to the individuals, the value to society, the value to our country, and also the value for the future. Like what kind of future do we want? And uh, I think these questions and the answers require much deeper, much broader uh, consideration. And uh, because what happens in 2021 uh, is going to be very different than what happened in in 1973 or 1864 or 1867. See what I mean? Yes. And it's not the same. There's not one answer. You have to really think of the bigger picture uh, and uh, what it, the consequences and the value you have to think think of everything, mm -hmm. and I think the problem with the internet is they'll say one thing, get some emotion flowing, uh, and then all of a sudden they can start start uh, promoting these conspiracy theories, and they get they get viewers mm -hmm. and they get traction, which well, is kind of sad. Well, it's like you said, there's no forgiveness without repentance. We had a discussion about this earlier in the week, and I said, yeah, if Trump would have just said, I'm really sorry for what I did, it was really wrong. Uh, couldn't you even believe him? And he said, that's not repentance. <laughs> that's right. Uh, what is a, you do want to, do you want to define repentance? Like in the Christian mindset? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back when I was in all that, the, uh, saying you're sorry is not repentance. The word repentance means turning away from what you're doing. It actually means turning away from. You turn away from what you're doing and moving a different direction. In other words, you're condemning what you do, you turn away from what you do, and you dedicate yourself never to do that again and do something the opposite. So repentance actually means turning away from. So I repent. Therefore, you will be forgiven for doing that because you'll never do it again, and you condemn what you did. We have never heard that from Trump. No. Saying Even saying I'm sorry, uh, saying, oh, we'll go home. Going home after a insurgent act is not even saying you're sorry because <laughs> yeah. we want we want peace that's not even saying what they did was wrong like okay? what you, in other words to say like, what you did was wrong and what i did in riling you up was wrong and i will hopefully through my actions show you that i will never rile up a crowd to believe a lie again that ends up in the death of a cop and four of my own supporters. And I'll begin by uh, turning away from the behavior where I said this was stolen you know, or whatever. You'd have to demonstrate, you'd have to do things, right? Is it repentance is an act. It's not just saying it, right? Right. It's a change. It's a change. It's a life change. I'm no longer going to do that. I turn away from that and I live a different way. Mm -hmm. And that that's what, that's the scriptural, uh, uh, repentance, or well, supposedly uh, Christian repentance, evangelical repentance, and I don't think churches really, from what I've seen, uh, a lot, not all churches, there's some really good churches out there, but a lot of churches really uh, don't follow uh, Christianity. They, they hide behind it, and they create their own uh, negative type of uh, religion. They, they use it to to their financial 
gain more than spiritual well, salvation of his parishioners? Well, more than just financial gain is uh, all kinds of gain. That's the other thing. Uh, some will say, well, is it wrong to make money? No, it's not wrong to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there again, what is sin? You know, mm -hmm. uh, sin, again, is turning away from God. You know, and so can can Christians be rich? Of course they can. Uh, but the love of money, money is not evil, but the love of money is. Mm -hmm. Because then the love of money becomes your God. But the, okay, then we can get into Christianity and stuff. Uh, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. The point is, is that um, uh, as you move forward, uh, people hide behind different, I call them banners, hide behind sayings, hide behind uh, what people believe in. They believe with their heart, not with their head. And sometimes you start thinking about it and says, wait a minute, maybe they shouldn't believe in that because it's not really what they should believe in because they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And that's why actually, boy, I think this last couple of years we've seen how true that is with conspiracy theories because the conspiracy theories have just ballooned the people will believe in it, not because it's right or wrong, but because they can have an emotion, they can have a, uh, a benefit, an emotional benefit from, yeah, yeah, you know, and get behind this this uh, conspiracy, tout it, and they get attention. So a lot of it, I, I see that a lot of it is just emotion and, and self-aggrandizement. Okay, so I'm going to take a controversial stance here just to play devil's advocate. Would you say that someone adopts a conspiracy theory just so they can have other people cheering them on and they get a rush out of it, like you said. Is that similar in some ways to joining a congregation in religion? If you adopt a belief in, let's just take Christianity and Jesus, and not just a belief in Jesus, a Methodist or a Presbyterian or Lutheran belief in Jesus. And you say, I'm a Lutheran. The way the Episcopalians do things is wrong. And me and all my Lutheran buddies believe that if you're an Episcopalian, like you don't have it quite right. You got to be a Lutheran if you want it right. Uh, and we all support each other in the belief that worshiping in a Lutheran fashion is really the only way to do Christianity. Is that similar in a way? <laughs> uh, it's funny that that's a devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, as far as I'm concerned, uh, it's similar. It's not the same, but it's similar because uh, they really feel like they're they're standing up for God. God's behind them, mm -hmm. you know. But really, all they're doing is is looking at how man created. Uh, a church, which is just an organization. It's just an organizational structure. Mm -hmm. and, and notice what they're saying is saying, they're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. I believe in this. I believe in this. No, uh, you know, God is not a bellhop. <laughs> uh, maybe we're getting too much in religion, David. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, but, I, th I think we could talk about whatever we want. I guess so. I guess what I'm saying is, um, I think we, I, this has happened before. It's like, uh, the difference between Lutheranism and Episcopalianism is minute. 
you know? <laughs> it's people that go and they sit in a building and some guy stands at the foot of the building and tells them about God. And they all, they use the same exact book. Their churches look the same. They have 99% the same rituals. And yet they, they think that they're better than the other guy. And like these conspiracy theories, I, yes, I realize that there's more danger in it than, than religion, but wars have been fought over religion. You know, oh, are you Catholic? Well, we're Protestant. We're going to fight a war with you. And so those slight differences in belief and the community that forms around them, perhaps more than the actual tenets of what you believe in and of itself, because they're all Christians. You know, a Catholic, they worship the same God. They worship Christ. They have the same stories foundationally. What they believe is nearly identical. They might have a few different sacraments. You know, they might have a different way that they manage the clergy, but they believe in the same thing. And they're willing to take up arms and kill each other because they're two different groups. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, do you think community causes violence? <laughs> if you're a member of a community and there's a, a adjacent community that's slightly different, is it human nature to want to subjugate that community to your beliefs? Well, I believe I believe it's human nature. I, when you get to the human nature part, human nature a lot of times is driven by by emotion. And that human nature will look for reasons to satisfy their drives, their emotion, and their wants, their desires. And religion uh, is a very strong uh, reason, a banner to fall behind. Uh, because it's kind of like saying, God is, God is great, God is good. Well, who's God? We just have to believe in him. So you really have to prove it. You don't have to prove anything. You can just say, I believe in God. Don't you? And if you don't, you go, well, well, uh, well you better, you know. And so it's 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 not necessarily about God. It's kind of like God, I, I can visualize, we can't, we don't know the mind of God. Mm -hmm. But I can visualize God sitting up there in heaven, looking down on us and saying, what are those people doing? Yeah. <laughs> they are so stupid, you know. But Just I, because you do this and you do this and you do this, I'm not I'm not a God here, a God here, and God here. I'm one God. Mm -hmm. I and guess so what man I'm, can't define God. Well, but what I'm saying is there's division in this world because let's take uh, you know conflict in Ireland, the troubles. Right. Right. It's like what do you believe in? Side A says I believe in God. Side B says I believe in God. And then you say, which God do you believe in? And they say, I believe in the God of Abraham. Okay, the God of Abraham. And do you believe anything else? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Okay, you believe in Jesus. And this other side? Oh, I believe in Jesus too. Okay. Um, and do you use the Anglican prayer book? Yeah, we do. What do you use? Oh, we use a catechism. Well, let's go to war. It's like you believe in 99% of the same things. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's just sad, but I think slight divisions, and I think that's the, the problem today in America. You know, a Republican, Democrat, we're from the same country. We have the same culture. We eat the same food. We watch the same television. 
And yet you think that someone on the other side is evil? I, I just, I find that hard to believe. And I think a lot of it is because they have a different label, not because they're really any fundamentally different. If you took a look at who they were, they're practically the same person that you are. Well, now it's time to tell my Leela story, right? <laughs> yeah. Our neighbor, Leela, uh, she grew up in, in uh, Golden Gate Canyon. Uh, back, her, her, I think, grandmother, her grandparents came out here in a covered wagon. The total uh, Coloradan. We're in Colorado here. And, uh, and she says, oh, yeah, I grew up in this canyon, and we were farmers and ranchers, and and there was this one rancher at the mouth of the canyon. He says, nobody liked him. He was horrible. Uh, he was belligerent. He, he was argue, argumentative. And nobody, everyone just stayed clear of him because nobody liked this guy. One day his barn burned down. So everybody in the canyon got together. We came down and helped build his barn, rebuild his barn. And I said, really? He says, yeah. I says, I thought nobody liked him. And she said, we don't, but he's our neighbor. And that's what neighbors do. Yeah, it's cool. And that's a true story. Mm -hmm. Next, She told us, and they go, oh, wow, that's America. Yeah, you're Republican, you're Democrat, you're independent, whatever, whatever you are, we're Americans. And that's, that's what Americans do. Yeah, we're neighbors. We're, we're not enemies. We're neighbors. And we're there for each other. If you need help, I'll help you. We don't, I may not like you, but if you need help, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. Another story, well, we're sons of Sequoia, right? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Another story is that one time I was in the store, my dad, my dad, Sequoia, and I was young, I was young, and I was watching him uh, make out the order in the grocery store, and and I said, uh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do that? I kept, kept saying, try this, try this, why don't you do this? And I said, he said, he kept saying, no, no, I'll do it this way. I'll do it this way. And finally, I says, well, you know, Daddy, you should do this because I think it's better than what you do. And he says, yeah, maybe. And there may be only two ways to do this, the right way or my way, but we'll do it my way. And I go, oh, okay. But then he did it. And you know what happened? It worked perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it worked fine. Did it matter if one way was better? They're both going to work. Mm -hmm. So why should you why should you get all upset over anything if they're both going to work? Because we did it together. Yeah. And I said, okay, we're doing it your way. And I got in there and made it work. Yeah. I was in a meeting one time and and uh, this uh, uh, this. Uh, leader was asking me, this uh, president was asking me my opinion, not, and I said, uh, I told him my honest opinion, and I said, you know, you're asking my opinion, you're, you're going to make a decision, I'm, I'm telling you, this is exactly what I think, and uh, right or wrong, I may agree or disagree with what you do, but whatever decision you make, whether I agree with it or not, uh, we're in the same company. I'll do my best to make it work. In other words, I'll support it, even if I don't agree with it, because I because I am interested in making it work. So then, when you come to Americans, what's more important, making America work 
for making a political party dominant in a country. Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing, too, there's a lot of senators that say they may vote for conviction. And I think part of that is to preserve the party, they can't have some guy taking 30% of the Republican votes. Uh, so it's either the party splits to, you know, centrist with conservative values or people that'll follow Trump. And then it's like a 30, 20, 50. And the, the Democrats always win. So if you get Trump out of there, then you can sort of reclaim the, conser the conservative side of the aisle. I think that's what these senators are thinking when it comes to should we convict him to make sure he can't run in 2024. And I can't really say that I blame him. Me neither. I think, I think the Republican Party does need to get back to Republican, uh, uh, Republican uh, platforms. Mm -hmm. I like think what they've stood for for what hundreds stood of years for. as the grand yeah. old party? Yeah, get back to be the grand old party. That's right. Not the Trump party. <laughs> not the Trump party. I well, think, so many people have said he's he's not a Republican. He's a Trump. He's a Trumper. I uh, I think people are underestimating or overestimating his influence and reach without Twitter. I I I, if you deplatform someone, they become a fringe person. That's my genuine belief. If if someone doesn't have the ability to get that organic engagement on Twitter or Facebook or uh, they become a non-entity. It's well, I, th I think I think what they're missing and what they're beginning, what they need to see, what politicians need to see. Uh, and I think what they're missing is the power of social media. Over a platform. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying one over the other. But I'm saying social media is powerful, and the people are powerful, especially in this country. And but the platform is important, but it's not necessarily powerful. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's kind of like your logic is important, and and truth is important, but your argument and making people believe in you is powerful. Mm -hmm. And so I think that uh, the the politicians need to understand, hey. Let's think about a platform, but the way we carry that platform forward is is connecting with the people and connecting with each other and doing so. And social media is just one instrument and that's extremely powerful. And, and, and also alliances are important. And uh, actually, I think also because of the Internet and uh, uh, social media and communications, I think in the future, we're going to see uh, a greater, we don't see it now, but I think in the future, we're going to see a much greater power and influence with a, 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 global, uh, a global influence. And I think uh, and we're beginning to see a little bit how you know, China and, and the EU, uh, a global influence. But for right now, we have social influence. I think the global influence is going to be great in the future uh, as the uh, communication, internet communication uh, uh, begins to grow and mature. Yeah, I mean, I think that we already see that a lot with we've exported our culture for years. Hollywood's the dominant you know, films that are viewed in Europe 
than China. Now, China, you know, they're burgeoning film industry, Tencent films, Alibaba films. I watched an Alibaba film last night, uh, Gemini Man, directed by Ang Lee, starring Will Smith. It's just a shoot 'em up action movie, but it was made out of China. I mean, with Chinese money. And it stars Will Smith, one of the biggest stars. It was from 2019. Uh, so as these countries sort of grow in size and influence, they'll be able to export cultural products that favor them. It's, uh, I mean, I think we already have seen it, but it's going to become more and more true. And the people that have sort of set the agenda, yeah, an individual from Swaziland can have a voice on social media. They can have a Facebook account, but they're not going to do this large agenda setting like China can. If you've noticed, um, since the 90s, the Chinese are rarely the bad guys in action movies. And it's because they don't like to be portrayed as the bad guys. I, there was a, a movie, Red Corner, I think, starring Richard Gere. It was one of the last movies. It was made in 98 or something. Let me see. I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. Uh, uh, 97. Uh, and the Chinese were the bad guys. And... Richard Gere got blacklisted from ever working in China again. And it was because he was the star of this movie where he fought the Chinese and he, he beat them. And Chinese didn't like that. So now you'll see it's North Korea. It's, it's countries that don't have as much influence. They're the bad guys in these action movies. And I think it's fascinating that China can fundamentally change the plots of movies to sort of fix their image. Because Richard Gere has never worked again in China. Hmm. And that's, I mean, I guess they have that right as an authoritarian country, but it, I, I find it fascinating. Yeah. Well, the as the power is seen, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, the different private companies that control social media. Now, they're trying to regulate it, but something's going to have to happen. They have but, so much power. But regulation here is not regulation everywhere. That's right. That's right. I mean, the United States isn't the only place in the world, and the, the Internet's worldwide. So it is. how can you globally that's, that's regulate it, something? That's what I mean. The global connection, global uh, com communication is going to play a much bigger role when people begin to learn how to how to capitalize on it. Uh-huh. And if you, trust, country. if you trust bust fa Facebook... And you make them be Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook, Oculus, you know, their, their products in America. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, what's to say Facebook holding company in Cayman Island doesn't fund these companies? There's not collusion in their strategy. And yeah, there are nominally four different com companies in America, but their largest markets are, you know, EU, America, and they have a holding company in the Cayman Islands or, or wherever, Ireland that helps them avoid taxes and sort of directs the strategic direction of the, the trust busted companies. It's basically like having divisions within a company at mm -hmm. that point. But we got about 10 minutes left. Should we do our segment where I ask you questions about <laughs> teenage slang and you say, if you understand it. Okay. All right. All right. This is a, uh, I got this from Good Housekeeping, so it's for moms, I think. <laughs> but it's understand your teenager 
30 slang words that the kids are using these days. All right, are you ready? Okay. Basic. Basic? Uh-huh. It's just something normal. Something, uh, something primary. Primary normal. Uh, more or less. Basic describes someone, someone who's very mainstream. Oh, okay. So they listen to like Taylor Swift. They order Starbucks lattes. They don't get something fancy, you know? Okay. That's basic. They're commonplace. Uh-huh. What, okay. is, what is a clapback? A clapback? Uh-huh. Uh, to someone who comes up and slaps you on the back and says, good old buddy, how you doing? Wrong. Wrong. Okay. Clap back is when someone criticizes you online and then you respond and your response uh, outweighs their initial criticism. You clap back and it's like, oh, you got them good. Like they try to criticize you and you say something back. Oh, oh. it's a gotcha. Uh-huh. So Amazon clap back at Parler. Uh, clap back. During the uh, depositions, the parlor attorneys were asking Amazon, why are we shut down when, uh, why would Amazon shut down parlor when places like Twitter have the same exact type of rhetoric? How, could, how do you explain that? And the Amazon lawyer said, I explained it by the fact that Amazon doesn't host Twitter. <laughs> Twitter hosts themselves. That was their explanation. That's a clapback. It's like, yeah, gotcha. Well, that's like on... Uh running out of time but that's like on uh sesame street this little kid he didn't understand he was a little kid and he didn't understand what the word rhyme meant and so the the announcer says the little kid's on camera he says uh what rhymes with cat and he just looks confused what rhymes with dog he looks confused you know, it's kind of like, oh, you think, oh, is this kid like smart or is he dumb? And so it finally says, well, rhyme means like, like, uh, uh, two and and boo and and shoe. That's what rhyme means. It goes, it goes, ah. So you give me one. And he thought for him, and he goes, marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody on the in the in the studio started laughing because the kid was sharp yeah he just he just didn't understand what that word meant yeah he'd never seen that before yeah so hey the kid did a clap back he clapped back way to be kid way to be kid are you ready we got 27 more oh my 27 okay we better hurry (laughs) ghost what does it mean to ghost someone uh oh you ignore him online yeah you got that one i heard that mood mood yeah, if like if you post a picture of someone, and you say mood. What does that mean? Oh, uh, means that it makes you sad. No. Oh. Uh, it's basically saying like what you see, I feel the same. Oh. So if you post a picture of someone, like you say mood, you know, someone has a frowny face, or if someone's celebrating, and it's like mood. It's basically yeah. saying, see that person's mood. My mood is the same. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm mood with you. Yeah, mood. Your mood matches mine. Yeah. What are receipts? <laughs> receipts. 
<laughs> I acknowledge that I heard you. I heard you. No. Okay. Receipts are uh, when basically when people are going at it online or someone's accusing someone of something online, it's screenshots of text messages or email someone sent that incriminates them. So if someone says, I wasn't cheating on my girlfriend, and it's like, you left your phone unlocked and I have the receipts, here's your text messages with this Uh other girl. Or the other girl says, I have the receipts that he was with me while he was, you know, your boyfriend. Uh, Text messages from him, that's receipts. Like an email trail. Yeah, like a digital trail. It's evidence, basically. Yeah, like I didn't say that. Yes, you did, right here. Oops. I got the receipts. It's a gotcha. Uh Uh-huh, it's evidence, basically. Yeah. Salty. What does it mean to feel salty? Feel salty? Uh-huh. Uh, upset? Uh, feel angry? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or emotional. Uh-huh. So, different uh, kind of emotions. so QAnon was salty this week when Joe Biden got sworn in. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> they didn't think it would happen. They said, we'll see who's president on the 20th. And turns out they were wrong all along. Shade. What does it mean to throw shade? Uh, cool people down. Cool them down. <laughs> no. Calm them down. No. Just the opposite? <laughs> it's, a, it's a diss. It's to disrespect someone. Oh. To throw shade at them. Oh, wow. Like, the evangelicals love Donald Trump, and why wouldn't they love someone who's been divorced twice? Ooh. That's like throwing shade. Okay. Wow. What Gotta does be it, careful how you use these words. What does it mean to be shook? Oh, to be upset? To be confused? Yeah. Shocked, surprised, startled, confused. Oh, man, I'm shook. Okay. Like something happens. Like the Capitol gets sieged, and you're like, wow, I'm pretty shook. This is, this is pretty intense. Yeah. Slay. Oh, Slay means you were defeated. <laughs> opposite. The opposite. It means you did the slaying. Oh, I slayed you. Yeah, you slayed the test. Or, oh, look, I see. You, you, you were successful. Yeah. Like t- this morning, you slayed your uh, inoculation. Yeah, I slayed it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave. Uh huh. I slayed the vaccine this morning. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I'm hip, man. I'm hip. What is T? T E A. T. Uh huh. Uh, well, obviously it's Camellia sinensis. That's what you drink. Wrong. T is gossip. Oh, really? Yeah. So do you is have? Is it some- an acronym? Do you have no? It's just gossip, and so it's, it's uh, spill the tea is where it comes from. Oh, to spill the tea is like if you have a secret and you go to your friends, uh, you have a secret about one friend, and you go to your friends and and you tell them. So, do you have anything to spill the tea about? Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, mm, Trump lost. You're spilling the tea on that? Yeah, Trump lost. Actually, Trump <laughs> won the presidency and had the House and had the Senate. And in four years, 
He lost the House. He lost the Senate. He lost the presidency. Mm-hmm. So is that spill? Is that spilling the tea? Not really. Oh, <laughs> it's not really gossip because it's out in the because everyone knows that. Uh huh. Oh. Okay. AF. Huh? If someone's a cool AF, what does that mean? Mm, all for you? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I have no idea. Cool as fuck. That's what it means. Oh, well, yeah, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> Bay. I know that one. What is it? Before anyone else. Good job. You're getting good at these. Yeah. Like Kathy's my bae. Uh huh. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Uh huh. Just saying bye to Felicia. It's N farewell, Felicia. Nope. Oh, are you going to purchase someone named Felicia? Nope. Bye, Felicia is from the movie Friday. Yeah. It's what you say when someone who you consider unimportant, like, leaves. Oh. Oh, I see. So it's a throwback to that movie? Yeah, so, you know, you're sitting around and you're discussing something and someone gets upset and they say, this is ridiculous, and they storm off and you say, bye, Felicia, and then you go oh, back to discussing it. Yeah. Kind of like good riddance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it mean to be extra? Extra? Uh-huh. Uh, like a third wheel on a date? Nope. Uh, extra being... Uh, Oh, you're going to do it, but you're not going to get paid very much? Uh-uh. Okay. Extra is uh, you give everyone the impression that you're trying too hard. Oh. Wow. So, like, you show up to a job interview in a tuxedo. You're being extra. Oh. Okay. Extra weird. The goat... What does it mean to be the goat? G O A T. Uh, be the uh, the straight man, and a joke. No. Someone, someone that they, they dump on you. They dump you, you. Get dumped on. It's an ac. It's an acronym. Goat. G O A T. Oh. Uh, I don't know. The Jeopardy had the G O A T tournament with Ken Jennings, Brad Rutter, and James. What did it stand for? Um. Great. Close, yes. Great of all time. Yep, greatest of all time. Go. Hey, I figured it out. What is high of, what is high key? High key? That's a poem. No. If you say like, I high key love funions. Oh <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's another acronym? No. High key. <laughs> high key. High key. H I G H space K E Y. High key. Uh, I guess it just it's pretty top of the top of the pile. It's something really important. High key is uh loud and proud. It's uh so low okay. key is like I low key like Taylor Swift's new album. I wouldn't want anyone to know that. Or whatever. I don't really like her new album. Oh. But if you high key endorse something. You're on board with it, and you don't you don't have any compunction about telling people that you're on board with it. Yeah, yeah. We're halfway. Oh, geez. 
Hundo P. Hundo P. Uh, <laughs> someone has someone who has a huge bladder. No. Oh. <laughs> Good guess though. Okay, what? One hundo p. One hundo p. Do you know what it means? One hundo p. Uh, uh, someone who's very who who was the first one to do something. No, one hundred percent. So can uh, you can you use hundo p in a sentence? Uh, I um. I won Hundo P, my green tea. <laughs> Wrong. Oh, I won Hundo P, enjoy my green tea. Okay, you know about FOMO. Do you know what JOMO is? FOMO? You know what FOMO is, right? No. The uh, first? Fear of missing out. Oh, I didn't know that. Fear of missing out. So what's JOMO? Uh, joy of missing out. Yeah, it's uh, like your friend wants you to go to his little child's birthday party and there's 50 people there, <laughs> shoulder to shoulder, coughing on each other. And you say, I think I'll just stay home and watch uh, Netflix. Then you have you experience Jomo. Yeah, you're glad you didn't do that. Uh-huh. Okay. KK, two Ks together. KK. Uh-huh. Uh, Cool cat. Nope. What? It means okay, cool. K is okay. Oh. And then and K cool. is cool. Yeah, KK. So it's like it happened. It's cool. It started, I guess they say, in online gaming forums. Where it's like, oh, we're uh -huh. going to go to this place in the game. And you'd say KK. Like I'm heard. It's like hua. Heard, understood, and acknowledged. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah a lot of people will say, instead of saying okay, they go K. Yeah. LB. <laughs> I didn't know uh, this one. LB. Mm-hmm. Um, a lazy boy. Nope. What? It means like back. So if someone likes your post, oh. you want them to like it back. I, don't, I didn't know that one. Okay. What does lit mean if something is lit? Uh, something is cool. Something uh -huh. is ex good, exciting. Uh-huh. Positive. What is OTP? I didn't know this one. This one's for the kids. Uh, I was going to say, like, OT over the... <laughs> over the pants. <laughs> like Rudy. Yeah, like Rudy over the pants. He was in the pants. He was in the pants. <laughs> ITP in the pants, Rudy. OT no, okay. OTP is one true pairing. It's like when you feel like a couple is going to be together forever. Oh, okay. I didn't know that one. Like you met your soulmate or something. Uh-huh. Okay. What is RT? Uh, it has to do with Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Running together. Retweet. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've heard that enough, haven't we? Uh-huh. Ship. What does it mean to ship two people? Get rid of them. 
ship them out. Nope. Oh, ship. So you, you would ship, I guess this is the uh, initial inspiration for the phrase, was from the 90s series, The X-Files. Fans wanted to ship Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. When to sh- fans wanted to ship them? Ship them. Uh, hmm. Yep, I don't know. Shipping, see them in a relationship. Oh, does it does it, an acronym? Does it mean something? No, it's like sh- relationship. Oh. So like you watch a Hallmark movie and like there's a, a banker from New York and a girl that runs a florist in a small town and the banker goes back to his hometown and he runs into the florist. You're like, oh, I'm going to ship those two. They're gonna uh, they're gonna end up together. In a relationship. <laughs> yep. Five yep. more. Six six more. I, I, I heard that they really didn't get along. But anyway. Oh, the Fox Mulder and Dana Scully? Yeah. Yeah. Well it, the, the actors. What does it mean to stan someone? S T A N? Uh-huh. Stan someone. Oh, that's probably Shortened part of a word too. They it's a portmanteau. Huh? It's a portmanteau. It's two words scrunched together. You understand someone. No nope. comprehend. You agree with them. No, like people stan K pop groups. I'm a K pop stan. Oh, it's like a like a fanatic, like a fan? Uh-huh. Okay, I, I follow them. I um uh, So I yes. Don't know. But Eminem had a song called Stan, where it's about a guy that's obsessed with Eminem, and he keeps writing him letters, and Eminem doesn't respond, and then he wants to kill Eminem at the end of the song. Oh, so, nice. um, it's a portmanteau. It's a combined of stalker and fan, like an obsessed fan. Wow. <laughs> so Stan is stalker and fan. Yeah. A stand. Wow. What does snatched mean? Uh, you achieve something, and from the you 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 uh, you get something, you achieve something, you win something. No, I didn't know this one. I kind of feel like Good Housewife, uh, Good Housewives, Good Housekeeping made this up. Snatched is like on fleek. It basically describes a style as cool or on point. So someone looks cool and you're like, wow, that's snatched. That sounds, that doesn't sound right. No, I think the kids these days, I think snatched is over or it's not going to happen. I think the kids these days are saying drip. Like if someone's, <laughs> if someone's outfit is cool, it's like, oh man, that guy's got the drip. Or like that outfit is drip. Yeah, how 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 can drip mean cool? <laughs> I don't know. What are, what's yours? Fluff. You say fluff to mean cool, don't you? <laughs> I say, yeah, I say fluff. Hey, how you fluffing? <laughs> <laughs> how are you fluffing? What does <laughs> suh mean? S U H. Suh. That's another word for sir. Like, how do you do, suh? Sort of close. Yes, sir. Suh. Yes, sir. Suh is just what's up. Suh. 
thought that was sup. Well, sup, sup. but it's but sup. it's even less. It's even easier even to pronounce. Less. So what's up became sup became su. Oh, okay. All right, just a few left. What does it mean okay. to get turnt? Turnt. T u r n t. Turnt. Uh, you change. No. You change. You change from bad to good, good to bad. Nope. Turnt basically means to get drunk, but it can also describe just getting crazy and excited, even without alcohol. Well, so you go to a party and you're like, "Let's get turnt," and then you put on loud music and you dance around and act crazy. Turnt. Oh, okay. That's close. That's close. <laughs> what does it mean to be woke? Well, first you're asleep and then you're awake. <laughs> <laughs> it's a transition from a sleeping state to an, an awake state. So the you're Republicans, woke. they always say, this is the tyranny of the woke mob. Tyranny of the woke mob. Is it the violent, uh, unreasonable mob? No, the Republicans don't like the woke mob. Woke, woke means you're knowledgeable, sympathetic, aware. Especially when it comes to conscientious debates around race and gender. So the Republicans hate the woke mob. <laughs> no, knowledge, sympathetic, and beware, and aware? Yeah, when it comes to debates around race and gender. Oh, wow. I never knew that. So you don't want to get canceled by the woke mob. That's what uh, the guy Hawley that wanted to overthrow the government, the senator... Yeah. That's, what, that's what he was saying. Huh. One more. Yas. What does yas mean? Yas. Yas. <laughs> yas. Yas. That's, that's in agreement. Yeah. Yas. Basically, yeah, it's just yes. It's just yes. It's yeah, you're in agreement. <clears throat> hey, do you like this this podcast? Yas! <laughs> right, David? That's right. <laughs> yas! I, I think that's a good place to end it, don't you? I think so. Yas! It is. <laughs> yas! Yas! It's good. All right. Well, yeah. that, we went an hour 15. That was a good episode. It was fun. I think we good. solved all the world's problems. Yeah, we, yeah. Not everything. I got some more on my list. Maybe, maybe we'll do that next time. Yeah, you wanted to complain about WordPress, didn't you? Yeah, I got WordPress here, and I got all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, I got more things to complain about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was good today, though. Uh -huh. we, we covered a lot of ground. And I don't know, opinions. And uh, I have my opinions, but, hey, I've changed, too. I've changed my thinking on a lot of things. And uh, it's got to be open. Mm -hmm. Where you stand depends on where you sit. Yeah, times change, people change. Well, I don't know. I think some, the basic fundamental part of people don't change. People don't change. There's good people and there's bad people. That doesn't change. Mm -hmm. uh, times do. You know, sometimes opinions do. But uh, usually people are pretty much consistent. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, I see an hour and 17 minutes we've been out here. That's wild. Yeah. It was well, good, though. Well, let, me play the, uh, let me play the uh, closing music. Okay, let's get out of here, man. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. You can catch us anywhere you find your podcasts. And uh, this is Sons of Sequoia, episode two. Episode two. Uh, 
Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you next time. See ya.